this is an opportunity for nurses to share their expertise and to um, have nurse voices amplified. And that's part of our concept of radical solidarity is to have open access for nursing voices to be shared and heard throughout the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Donato, And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today, on the next special COVID-19 episode of Amplify Nursing, we talk with Dr. Rachel Walker and Dr. Anna Valdez, two of the organizers of the Nursing Mutual Aid 2020 Twitter conference. Created to support mutual aid and to foster global connections, the Nursing Mutual Aid Twitter conference aims to amplify new knowledge necessary to nurse the community in the context of the current pandemic. Dr. Walker and Dr. Valdez will discuss the importance of mutual aid, how a Twitter conference works, and why a virtual conference like this one is so important for the nursing community right now. Rachel and Anna, thank you so much for coming to speak with us today. Hi, thank you for inviting us. Thank you, it's an honor. Rachel, why don't you start by talking to us about your mutual aid platform and what your goal is? Sure, thank you. Um, So this is a something that came into existence just within the last several weeks as some of the realities of the situation with COVID-19 set in. And it originally started with a tweet out to the the rest of the nurses on Twitter. Um, As more and more conferences and gatherings were being canceled, it was just a question of, you know, couldn't we find a way to provide a new home for some of this hard work and valuable nursing knowledge that nurses and nursing students were seeing um, themselves unable to present just due to social distancing and travel restrictions. And Nurse Twitter being what it is, uh, this incredible space for generous and um, really innovative individuals to come together. Um, a bunch of people volunteered to say, hey, I'd like to be a part of that. And as we started to plan what that would look like um, in terms of offering a virtual conference that could be free and public and open access um, as Twitter is a a very public platform. We also realized that this was bigger than simply rehoming canceled presentations. This was a period of time where we were seeing our communities facing incredible challenges where we were watching our colleagues, our students, our friends transition into new roles or into uh, risky roles, and where we were also seeing some of the deficits that have accumulated over many decades time in terms of public health and infrastructure to support some of the most vulnerable members of our communities really laid bare by the situation with COVID. So rather than simply offer up a virtual nursing conference, which is 
what we're planning, and uh, hopefully we'll get more of a chance to talk about that. We also decided we really wanted to make this an intentional space for centering the voices and the experiences and the needs of some of the groups um, and also types of nursing that tend to be marginalized in both nursing and society, and also to make this a space where we could offer up mutual aid, uh, which is not charity, but this idea of communities coming together to support each other in a time of need, each one bringing strengths and resources, but also their own needs, and really building a very new and perhaps different but important form of community out of that. Anna, would you like to add to that? I think Rachel did a beautiful job explaining the conference and how this emerged. And I think the only thing that I would add is we see this as an opportunity for radical solidarity and really supporting each other as a part of the nursing community um, and supporting nurses in a variety of roles and spaces and coming together um, at a time when I think nurses need to support each other more than ever. Um, you know, there's, in my experience, one of the things that I found frustrating is that um, sometimes nurses can be in competition with each other. And there are things like the academy that make that um, more prevalent. With this mutual aid conference, we're really hoping to bring together nurses, to share knowledge, diverse knowledge from a variety of experiences, including, you know, nurses who are practicing in different settings and not just the voice of nurse scholars, though we certainly want to capture the voices of nurse scholars as well. Yeah, I think Anna made a wonderful point that um, part of the intentionality of the mutual aid platform and conference, but also the, the collective way in which it's come together. So there's not really one director, it's, it's a whole collection of nurse leaders and nurse students actually from a variety of places and practices um, is, is really to highlight the validity and vital importance of forms of nursing that are in the headlines right now. Uh, we see a lot of acute care. We see a lot of you know, this work going on in terms of triage and testing with COVID, but also the street nursing, carceral nursing, school nursing, making sure we have nurses meeting the needs of the LGBTQ plus community, making sure we have nurses who are out there representing the perspectives and needs of our communities of color and indigenous communities. Um, all of these voices that sometimes uh, when we just kind of let things roll because of the way power is structured in, in both the academy and society, we don't necessarily see these points of view all the time. And we wanted to make extra sure that we invited speakers and presenters and collaborators for this conference and platform that could really make sure that some of those perspectives were um, brought to bear to the entire nursing community so that we can come together and support each other in all of those diverse areas of practice and scholarship. Yeah, that sounds like a wonderful platform. So who who is it that you want to submit to this conference to participate? So we are looking for presenters from a wide range of backgrounds. We would really like to have 
the participants of the conference be able to hear from experts and um, and experts is a wide range. So when we say experts, we're not just talking about a scientist who's been studying a topic, but we're talking about the nurse that's at the bedside or stretcher side caring for COVID-19 patients. We're talking about nursing students who can talk about how the pandemic has affected them or perspectives for how, um, how their studies have been impacted in either positive and or negative ways. Um, so we're trying to attract from the nursing student, including from pre-licensure all the way up all levels of nursing education to academics, um, scientists, experts in practice, and all of the, the types of nursing roles that Rachel just mentioned that are often silenced or not heard. And, and I think a lot of times that happens through the peer review process and the competitive process where certain viewpoints and certain voices are more likely to make it through that process and to be highlighted. And we wanted to be able to highlight voices that um, we consider to be experts in the area or they consider themselves to be experts in the area or who can share new innovations. When I'm in a, on Twitter and social media, I'm, I'm in awe of nurses who are posting the innovative things that they're doing in their communities, in their hospitals, with their schools to address this unprecedented time in my lifetime. And I consider all of those people to be experts. I consider the ICU nurse who is posting about the innovative ways in which they are utilizing equipment to be able to support more people to be an expert on what is happening with COVID-19. And so we would like to attract those voices. And I'd also like to see, and I think I speak on behalf of the group, um, some representation too of public health nurse voices and discussions about social and environmental injustices. We're seeing with COVID-19, all of these massive gaps in our public health system. And we've known for decades about health disparities, but COVID-19 is shining a bright light on those disparities. And we wanna hear from nurses who um, have expertise and knowledge in the area of environmental injustice, social injustice, systems of oppression, sexual racism, and other areas where those voices may not be as amplified or broadly exposed to the full nursing community. So I think Anna stated it beautifully. Part of the emancipatory approach to planning this event um, and the platform generally was to this point about innovation. Um, you know, when we define what counts as innovation a priori, we sometimes exclude very important types of innovation that are happening, but which may not be sort of falling into the right bucket at the moment that's been defined by the academy or whatever power might be. Um, so part of what we're hoping we'll also see in terms of submissions for the conference is we've kept it very broad and open what one can present. Um, we believe each person is an expert in their own experiences of navigating life and the current pandemic. So it could be nursing scholarship in terms of research or quality improvement, the kinds of things you often see 
at conferences, but we also welcome stories. We welcome art and poetry. We welcome visual representations of lived experience. We welcome resources or calls to action or ways folks can provide mutual aid to each other to survive and possibly even thrive in the sort of post-COVID world because the status quo for so many was not working. And as Anna said, it, it's really becoming that much more clear. Uh, to many, it was already clear that this was true. One of the things I've witnessed in the last several weeks, and I think many others are seeing this too, is we're seeing some of these silos that were in the end quite artificial, I think, of institution, of class, of rank, of what type of nursing you practice or what you know, discipline you belong to really fall as people come together and strategize how to meet the needs of their communities. Uh, we've seen this sort of open access, free sharing of data, of resources, of tools, of ideas. We've seen teams of nurses and you know, engineers and scientists and policymakers all come together and you know, in the matter of weeks create things that were previously considered impossible. Uh, we've seen cities house the unhoused when they said it couldn't be done. So I think while none of us would have wished for this pandemic to occur, part of the spirit of this conference and the platform, and when we say platform, we mean uh, we've created a space on the website for the sharing of resources, knowledge, tools, other things people can use for mutual aid uh, outside of just the conference. Um, but but we're really hoping that this will help keep us from going back and that of, of the good things we're seeing of these real radical acts of solidarity, particularly with community, you know, treating the community and the individuals we serve as experts in what they're seeing and needing um, and, and what the challenges are, that this can be a space to just further amplify that work that's already happening and create these new forms of community that are perhaps agnostic of institution or you know whether or not a person possesses a phd or this type of clinical certification but really bring people together um, to support health which is what i think most nurses got into the 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 work of nursing to do in the first place um, and unfortunately sometimes uh, some of those efforts get sidelined by um, what I think we're seeing that we're often sort of very artificial um, constraints that uh, perhaps we don't need to put back up when when we get to the other side of this. Right. I think this has the potential to be a huge disruption to the current state of dissemination of information and how we look at presenting information that we do. And even just the fact that you want to accept people to kind of come as they are and share their experience, which is something. I feel as though, at least in my experience, there's no way to take your experience out of it, I, yeah. I think. And, and that's it, always been the thing that I've always kind of scratched my head about. And it just made me feel like I'm probably going to be a bad researcher because I can't seem to wrap my head around <laughs> that part. Yeah, that's such a great point. And, um, you know, something some of us who were writing a commentary for a, a journal fairly recently, you know, looking at sort of the hand wringing over you know, 25, 30 plus years of 
you know, health disparities research and, you know, how is it that we still have these disparities? Well, of course, you know, some, some far more eloquent people than myself and far more expert have recently explained all the reasons, you know, structural racism, um, disenfranchisement that have, that have contributed to this. But a big part of that is, you know, who gets considered the expert? You know, do you treat the individuals that you serve and your community as experts? Are they actually engaged in not just coming up with the dissemination plan or the implementation plan for your great idea, but defining the very challenges and needs and resources they have in the first place, and then co-creating mm -hmm. the design challenge and then the solutions. And many nurses, of course, and midwives have done this for generations, but I think that form of scholarship isn't an easy or fast form of scholarship. It's a messy and complicated form of scholarship um, to be in true solidarity and one that, um, while ultimately, at least I think, the most just and sustainable, um, it's, it's one that, uh, you know, from funding to sort of um, some of these metrics of success like academic pr promotion, it's not necessarily going to automatically hit all of those check boxes. Um, and, and I think when we're in moments of crisis like this and um, being forced to reckon with all the ways that our scholarship with all its good intentions was perhaps still falling short of the needs of our communities, um, this is a moment too for radically reconceptualizing what metrics we might consider useful for defining success in the first place. That's a fantastic point. It's sometimes so hard. And again, this in my experience, it's been always difficult for me to sometimes explain from a scholarly perspective that sometimes things are just the right thing to do. I think it plays into what you were saying about what's right and just for the community that we're trying to serve. Coming up with a metric that measures that is, is sometimes difficult. And Angela, Part of our impetus for this conference in the early conception, um, and this was Rachel's brilliant idea, was looking at all of the early career researchers and tenure-track faculty out there who depend on their ability to present and disseminate their scholarship to be able to progress whose conferences were being canceled. And we wanted to make sure that those people who really needed to be able to be sharing their knowledge also had a format to do that. Um, and I forgot to mention that this is a no-cost, open-access, fully accessible conference. Being able to use Twitter as a platform allows us to have this be a global conference. So we are inviting people from all over the world. It doesn't matter what language uh, presenters speak in or what time zone they're in. We have, have the ability to support that and to have a global perspective with this conference and have it be open to anybody who wants to participate. So they're not limited by their ability to travel someplace or be able to pay the cost of travel and paying for a conference, all of the information will be available freely and openly and it'll be accessible. Right. Well, my next question was going to be, can you talk a little bit about the logistics? Like, how how is this going to look? 
Sure, I'm happy to speak a little to that. Um, part of the spirit of this is also recognizing that many people are working from home, uh, working under circumstances where they may have additional demands on their time, whether that's caregiving or kids who are out of school or a clinical job that has just sort of amped up. So uh, we want to make this as easy as possible, and we do believe it can be. Um, the, the registration link and I should say the, the link where you can submit to present something during the conference. Um, you don't necessarily have to register. You can just join us on Twitter on the day. But if you want to be a presenter, again, whether that's a piece of scholarship, some nursing knowledge, your lived experience, a story, a poem, art, what have you, uh, there's a little button at the top of our website, which hopefully we can share with the podcast. And uh, you go to a Google form, and it just asks you a few brief questions about, of course, your name, you know, where you're from, what's your time zone that you might be presenting in, and what languages we might anticipate you would be presenting in. And then a, a little bit more information about your topic, just a brief blurb and a title, as well as um, if you are speaking to one of these positionalities or forms of nursing that we mentioned that we're really hoping to help center you know, back to whether that's disability justice, reproductive justice, climate nursing, or any of the others, you can check those off. We also added a space at the bottom, just optionally, if you want to share resources that you're aware of or, um, you know, links to nursing knowledge or other tools that we could post on our website and make available to others even before the conference happens, we're happy to do that. So filling all of that out really shouldn't take more than you know, two to five minutes tops. And we hope to have a pretty quick turnaround in terms of confirming when um, people are accepted, You know, what time on April 30th, that's the date for the conference that you might present. And the conference we anticipate will run about 12 hours, but the beauty of Twitter conferences is you know, it's all available asynchronously too. So once something goes up on Twitter, it's available forever. It's in a way sort of like you've archived it. So people can pop onto Twitter at their time. There will be an announcement from our Twitter handle, which is at Nursing Mutual Aid. That's a, at N-R-S-D-M-U-T-U-A-L-A-I-D. Um, so our Twitter handle will announce each presenter with an intro slide with their name and their title. And from there, the presenter, wherever they are in the world, will just add to that tweet in their comments, and they'll build their presentation from that. And we're encouraging everyone to take about five to six tweets to express whatever they want to share over a period of about 10 or so minutes. So, you know, one tweet every couple of minutes or so. And um, once those tweets are up, then other people who are following the conference using the hashtag, which is um, hashtag NMA2020, all one word, they can jump in on that conversation. They can ask a question. They can make a comment. They can share similar work that they're doing. They can form new teams if they want, if they have a similar area of interest or resources to share. And that can keep going even well after the conference is over. I had the pleasure of being part of 
the inaugural Twitter conference for exercise oncology, which is a rather niche area of study that spans a bunch of disciplines. So people are all over the world and they do tend to meet at this one particular conference, but not everybody can always get there. So they decided about two years ago that they were gonna have a Twitter conference and they were gonna create a space for everyone interested in this topic to be able to share what they're doing no matter where they were, you know, whether or not they could travel. And at that conference, they ended up having about 68 presenters. It spanned about nine different time zones across the globe. And um, even now, people are revisiting those presentations from two years ago because it was just this amazing snapshot of the whole community, that particular community that was addressing issues of of supporting um, folks who've been diagnosed with cancer and their ability to engage in exercise. So we're hoping that might happen for this nursing conference too, that we'll get, and we've already seen submissions from people um, on various continents. So we're hoping that you know, we'll be able to bring people together. With Twitter, you have an instant translate option. So you, know, you can adjust your settings for what languages you want Twitter to present to you but also there's a little link on most tweets if it's in a language other than the one that you have chosen to use as your dominant language, you can hit translate and it will auto translate that content for you. So even if it's not a language that you're conversant in, you can engage with that presentation. And that's just one of the accessibility features of Twitter we hope will just make this that much more of an inclusive space for nursing. It's funny, it almost, seems like, and I, I feel like this happens with a lot of innovations, like this is probably the most logical way to do a conference. It almost seems <laughs> like, why would you do it any other way than have this format where everybody can participate and everybody has an opportunity to ask questions and everybody has an opportunity to network. I mean, it just seems almost like, a, you know, a utopia of collaboration. We hope so. We, ho we do hope so, and, and we already are seeing a lot of collaboration. The, as Rachel mentioned, there is no director for this conference. We are a team. It was Rachel's idea, and there is a group of us, and we are all volunteers meeting and working on this, all from around, around the world, and we are contributing our time and our talents to be able to make this work, and, and we're really hoping to share that with the rest of the nursing community globally and have everybody be able to have access and participate in the ways that they are able to and comfortable participating and learn in the ways and at the times in which they're comfortable being able to do that. So as Rachel mentioned, if you can't be there at the time that your speaker that you're most interested in is going to be presenting, this will be archived. And so all they have to do is use the hashtag NMA2020 to be able to go in and find that presentation information and they can bookmark it and use it later. Um, I wanted to say that it, I think that some people feel a little bit intimidated. Maybe they don't usually mute, use Twitter or they're not terribly comfortable with social media or they're having a hard time conceptualizing what will it look for, like for me to present at this conference. Um, we believe this will be the easiest conference that anybody's ever presented at. Um, you know, it's a short, limited time, which I think could be the biggest challenge is how do, how do I highlight the most important things in, you know, five or six tweets? But 
presenters should also remember that participants will be engaging with them. So when their time period is up, they can continue to collaborate, continue to comment back and forth, learn from each other, and have a learning a mutual learning experience. We're often in conferences, you may have five or 10 minutes at the end to ask some questions, and everybody's questions can't be answered. This allows for extended collaboration and communication. Um, and a lot of folks don't realize that we have information on our website to guide them. So on the upper left-hand corner where our hashtag is, there's an area that says menu. And that's on our website, which is Nursing Mutual Aid, all spelled out at squarespace.com. Up in that left corner, there's menu that if you hover over it, it'll drop down several pages. One of those is information for presenters that walks through what this would look like and how to engage. We as conference planners are also more than happy to help people with visualizing and, and knowing how to use the Twitter space. There's a tutorial page for people who are not as familiar with Twitter who want to participate and or present as well. And we also have a page for nursing students and faculty. We really want to encourage faculty to have their students participate, whether that's as presenters and participants, or whether that's as participants who are gathering knowledge and, and interacting with presenters. So we created um, a letter explaining the process for them, and that includes um, all of the mapping of the AACN essentials at the BSN masters and doctoral level to what our conference is focused on and a form that students could use to log their interactions and the, and the time that they spent participating in the conference. So we're trying to make this as easy as possible. We realize that, that this may feel a little intimidating, especially if you're not using Twitter regularly or very comfortable on Twitter. But there are a lot of resources available on our webpage, and all of our Twitter handles are listed, and people are welcome to contact us for, for support or information or to share resources that would help them to prepare for their presentation. And to that end, uh, we've been very lucky to have uh, some really media savvy folks, not just uh, Mary and Leary, of course, uh, but also Barbara Glickstein who has been very engaged as a nurse journalist and an investigator of nurses' voices in the media. Um, we're hoping that this will also be a space for amplifying nursing perspectives, nursing needs, and the ways in which nurses are making a difference in myriad ways to members of the media, journalists, other folks perhaps outside of these silos of nursing we often dwell in, who are in a position to then take that out to the public. And uh, Barbara has been helping us to come up with some strategies around how we can best do that. It happens this Twitter conference falls exactly over the same time that a health, media, and journalism conference was originally supposed to happen, which was also canceled. So we are hoping some of those folks will tune in and perhaps pick up on some of these stories, these nursing innovations, and these ways in which nurses are seeking to meet the needs of their communities. I'm really impressed with how much thoughtfulness 
you two have put into planning this and setting it up for everyone. I mean, you you were really kind of um, walking the walk in terms of inclusivity, even in terms of looking at people who may not be savvy with using the social media platform. We don't often consider things like that when we're thinking about who's kind of getting left in the dust. And um, you have thought about everything to try and make this as inclusive as possible. It has really truly been a team effort. And, and mm-hmm. I have so enjoyed working with Rachel and the rest of the team and do want to make sure that um, people listening to the podcast know that there's a full group of people who have been working on this. Um, it's not just Rachel and I. It's been a pleasure for me to be able to work with all of these folks who are volunteering their time. And I think we really have been very mindful of being inclusive and not excluding anybody and making this a, a truly collaborative learning experience. And we also, you know, sometimes even when doing the very best that you can and being very mindful about inclusivity, you can still miss things. And so we welcome feedback as well from the nursing community or the community abroad to share with us ways in which we can make the conference more inclusive, um, more open access, more accessible to people around the world. I'm so glad Anna brought that up because certainly none of us, you know, we don't know what we don't know. This is in itself uh, a sort of innovation and it's the first time we are trying this. And uh, I have already learned a lot from my co-organizers who each bring just these incredible insights and strengths with them. And we hope this won't be the last time. Um, We hope that if this is successful, if we can even get a handful of folks engaged and if it seems to do some good that this might be the first of perhaps many sorts of virtual conferences in the future, whether or not we're under social distancing restrictions, um, but just as another way to try to ensure that, um, you know, we're not leaving anybody out. Yeah, it seems like it would be, you know, as I said, an amazing opportunity to keep going and really open up opportunities for people to share share their work and and be able to collaborate. Thank you so much to both of you for coming to speak with us about this. And I'm really excited about this project. I can't wait to be there to see it happen. Well, thank you so much for inviting us. And I just had one last thing I wanted to share to people who listen to your podcast and are thinking about presenting. It is very rare that you will have the opportunity to present to the world. And that is what this Twitter conference will allow. It is open to the world. It is very rare that journalists would be at your presentation and hear what you have to say or that the media would be there. And this is an opportunity to really amplify nursing voices. Often nurses' voices are left out of the discussion. And we see that with COVID-19 right now where there are lots of interviews and nurses are rarely involved in those interviews. This is an opportunity for nurses to share their expertise and to um, have nurse voices amplified. And that's part of our concept of radical solidarity is to have open access for nursing voices to be shared and heard throughout the world. So thank you for inviting us. We really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa Donato and Marion Leary. 
and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We want to thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast and remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.